0: motivators, what's happening? Good evening. Um, It's the 7th of November, leaving the office pretty late there. I've been finishing up around after 8 p.m. Long friggin' days, man, long days. But we're kicking ass, taking names, serving a lot of people, running a good business, trying to become better, trying to help. It's exhausting, but it's very rewarding. gotta lick my wounds tomorrow after I leave Gwynedd Mercy for my morning lecture. Try to chill out a little bit, go home, play with my dogs, maybe clean the house up a little bit, just relax, play some ukulele maybe. So I got a cool story, I think. You know, I was talking to uh, some patients today, some friends of mine. They're all my friends, as far as I know. We have nice conversations, try to solve some of the world's problems as I remove their pain and make them move better, function better. It's my goal, anyway. Um, We're talking about the election. I said, basically, as little as... You get, your, get the vote in, you, you know, <clears throat> cast your vote, whatever. If I had a sense of their political affiliation, then I would, you know, make mention of that, something just amusing. You know, you think we put some good people in there. Listen, my sense is this. I tend to be, just to let you in on this, I tend to be like a fiscal conservative and a socially liberal person. Kind of like a middle of the road type dude. I, I've always been there. I've always tried to be in the middle, try to understand where everyone's coming from. And I got a lot of friends who are very conservative and think the Democrat, Democratic Party's the devil. Got a lot of Democrats that think that the, the Republicans are the, are the devil. And I think, uh, as I've read recently, there's a lot of people in the middle who are just like, what the hell's going on? Crazy attack ads and all this stress and tempers flaring. And in the midst of all this, people have their lives and they're. We vote typically how we see the world, right? So maybe you don't have a lot of money. You're going to be a you're going to be a Democrat. (laughs) Typically, right? Because you're looking for, your values are consistent with trying to spread the wealth to, um, you know, the lower and middle class, strengthen the middle class, all this shit. I don't want to get into the details of it. I don't know. I don't have a a vast knowledge of politics or economics or any of that crap. I'm just saying that people vote the way they see the world. They vote the issues that are, are important to them. You know, if you're a religious person and you feel like you want to make sure that you know, this maintains a, a, a Christian nation or abortion is your issue or what have you, you know, people are going to be, tend to be right-wingers, right wingers. You get folks who have issues about welfare and Somebody's you know dealt with poverty or um, happens to be a minority, and you know they're going to be a Democrat typically every time. Somebody's a business owner, number cruncher, they're going to be a Republican. They don't want taxes to go up. You have other issues like immigration, which is essentially the topic of my post here framework. I really want to talk about, because I have some perspectives. I was talking to a woman this morning, you know, she's a Democrat, and she was saying, yeah, you know, uh, hear something about this caravan, or they think that the the caravan is uh, people invading the country, and a lot of people feel threatened by this caravan. Well, in in effect, in a sense, the caravan really never stopped. I mean, the land of opportunity, America... The beautiful. You can come here. You can enjoy freedoms. You can—that's what we're known for: opportunity, you can have a better life. Shit, my last patient of the day was a, uh, a woman, and, and her husband was with her from um, Bangladesh. I was talking about how he busted their ass. They busted their ass over there. He was in the electronics industry for like a decade. He lived in South Korea working in the electronics industry while his family and his children were living in Bangladesh. Finally, 12 years ago, they gained entrance to America. So they're here now. And the guy runs a business. Runs a successful business. But... The immigration never really stopped. I mean, we obviously have to have checks and balances. Can't let just anybody come in here. We do have people who mean us harm. We do have people that want to come here and not assimilate, not really. They want to enjoy the freedoms and the opportunity, but they don't want to um, share our values. We can't have little communities, people that want to be here for their own selfish needs, but not give back. And that's the fear that a lot of people have. That was the case, I'm sure, hundreds of years ago when various, you know, the Italians, the Irish, the French, whoever, was coming into our ports here on the eastern seaboard and looking for a better life, whether it was the friggin' pilgrims, Thanksgiving's coming up, yummy yummy. Everybody be thankful. Or whatever their situation, wherever they were they were coming for. They were trying to evade religious persecution so they risk life and limb and pack up their meager belongings and head over here to the new world what you know they're looking for a better lot in life different people we're all we all come from somewhere else right this is a relatively young country that we've populated over hundreds of years right of course the native americans wherever the hell that they originated from they were here for a long time before that so we're in their country. We are guests here. We are the newbies in terms in the eyes of history. So we're talking about this caravan and how people are concerned about the caravan. And, um, I think my mother was even making mention of the caravan and ranting and worrying about it. These people coming in, foreigners, and what do they mean here? And they're not, everybody seems to try to convey that they're not, um, They're innocents, but they're just, you know, they're bad people coming in here. It's like the craziest freaking thing in the world. I don't know. All I can say is we need to remember where we came from. We're all fucking immigrants here, and we need to have some checks and balances, but we need to be reasonable. We need to be um, sympathetic and be able to empathize, being empathetic with people who are coming here for the first time because they could be... Our brightest minds, the future of America, we're a friggin' melting pot, man. Give me your poor, your cold, your tired masses yearning to breathe, or whatever the hell that is written on the Statue of Liberty. This is real shit. So we need to be discerning but sympathetic to these immigrants. I have a little... It it dawned upon me when I was having this brief conversation about the caravan... That I have had experiences with immigrants as a Marine. Since this is my Marine Corps birthday week, conversation in like '94, '95. I think it was 1995. My battalion deployed to Guantanamo Bay, Cuba, for three months, and we guarded these refugee camps. We guarded what we came to know were uh, they were referred to as the Balseros were the rafters. These are people living on the island of Cuba, trying to get across the Florida Straits on whatever. Fucking rafts, makeshift boats, whatever floated. They were trying to get into America because, and escape tyranny because, you know, Castro, piece of shit, basically. They wanted a better life. And now they call it Little Havana, right? Miami, all the people that came over that got processed into the United States didn't want to freaking be there anymore. In Cuba, they're here now. So, we, for three months, we patrolled around these camps, and the camps were set up basically on the edge of the on the edge of the land. Um, these rocky cliffs, right by the low cliffs, right on the the uh, ocean there. And it was a sea of green canvas. Huge GP or general purpose military tents like in MASH 4077, right? All those military tents were set up and in the boiling heat of Cuba, people lived within these structures. Families inhabited some of the tents and in some cases single people. You know, men would live all in this one camp and women would live in the other one. on these other tents, there was even... Uh, Uh, a tent, an entire section for people with alternative lifestyles, transvestites and such, lived in, never forget it, Um, Alpha 2 India was their section. And so we always joke, hey, where are you going now? Where were you? Patrolling Alpha 2 India? Because you'd have men dressed up as women and women as men and the whole nine yards and whatever, man. Um, We were young and stupid and this is what we did. But we guarded these people we made sure that everybody was behaving and the majority of people were awesome, kind, appreciative the army, we relieved the army and they had told us told the, uh, some of them fucking around with the um, the camp, members of the camp, they were told these balseros, oh, the marines coming in, they're crazy man, they're gonna, they're gonna be real mean, they're gonna hurt you, etc and we, they quickly realized that we're just normal people, normal guys that were coming out there, have to be happened to be a little bit more aggressive, but we were just walking around their frigging camp. And when you weren't doing that, you were, maybe you were training in some way, shape or form or chasing iguanas or climbing these low hills that are in in this part of Guantanamo Bay. So for three months, we watched these people, we met them, we interacted with them. We saw that their daily rich, the, the daily necessities of life, they would do laundry and they would lift weights. They made they had an entire gym that was made out of makeshift uh, weights. They would, for instance, they would take uh, spackle pails, fill them with concrete, and then somehow they had them cut with a uh, stone saw, and they made like weight plates with them to stack on a dumbbell, on a barbell. And they were in there in these gyms and training, and running, and interacting, and playing cards, and doing whatever. During the time that they were being processed, all this time they were being considered for processing into the United States and becoming citizens or getting a green card or whatever the hell it was. Conditional admittance. Now, there was a section of the camp that was behind triple strand concertina wire, and these were, this is like a little prison. So anybody who was bad in the camp or anyone who had a criminal record, and we determined that we, they weren't of the character that uh, we would admit to the United States. It's, we didn't want people with criminal records or any, anybody who would be a problem. They were processed and kept in these sections, like these little prisons, and essentially they were processed and reportedly sent back to Cuba, sent back to Havana, where basically their lives would be over, it was said uh, that Castro would kill them for tyranny or being a traitor or whatever. I don't know about that. They also told us they, they, all the the old, only the very old and the very rich would be able to get any sort of meat or animal products or milk. The young and the uh, and the relatively healthy, they they, they didn't feed them well. They didn't have a lot in Cuba and the conditions were poor. And, um, it was just a mess back then up to that point. So they told us all kinds of stories. At one point they said they would be so hungry, they would marinate a mop, like a cotton mop in, in, uh, vinegar. And then they would chop it up and eat it like a sandwich or something, just sounds freaking outlandish. they probably blowing smoke up my ass, but they were desperate people who wanted a better life, willing to do anything to get into America. So I watched these folks. I marched around this camp. I made friends. I ate with them. I learned some Spanish, some of the Cuban lingo, mostly curse words, but some enough to interact. And I saw the faces of these people light up when they saw that you could speak or that you were trying to communicate with them, and I've always been fascinated by languages, so I did that. I mean, they had a around the camp when we were off duty, not on, not walking post. There was a movie theater and a beer tent and a whole nine yards. So we'd go and cut loose a little bit. But basically, we worked out, chased the iguanas, and uh, walked post and drank a little beer. There was other things called banana rats, where like, or I think they called them husha. Hutia, they were like almost like an opossum or like a beaver sort of thing, groundhogish rat. They call them banana rats, and they would come out. And sometimes you'd see them in a bush, and their eyes would light up, light up red, and they would chase you, get a little aggressive, and hiss at you. <clears throat> but other than that, it was rocks and grass and some vegetation and banana rats. We went diving, we went uh, spearfishing and snorkeling, with some of the best that I've ever seen, right off the coast, right off the rocks. And we watched these people. And I really, I thought that they were, I have nothing but positive to say about these folks. Granted, most of them were on their best behavior, because they just wanted a better life, right? And so, when I think about politics and the issues at hand that are being debated, and that, you know, people, some people are pro-immigrant, Some people are anti-immigrant. Listen, I don't think anybody wants to let people in indiscriminately. And if we've had lax immigration laws, then obviously we need to tighten up our belt. We need to find ways to process people in a sensible way. I know a lot of good people who are immigrants, who who are recent immigrants. And they waited and they were processed properly. And I know a lot of people, I think I know some people who are, are illegal immigrants currently. And I've read up on the immigration process and why people are willing to risk walking across deserts and uh, swimming and uh, maneuvering on rafts to cross the Florida Straits. Because people kind of have a shittier lot and they want a better life, just like our ancestors did. And so I can understand that. I can understand why they'd want to be here. We can't let everyone in. But there's a lot of just a lot of people out there. You think about some of the scientists and business moguls and you know, people who um, who are famous from the from Albert Einstein to, you know, on up, Elon Musk, all kinds of historical and current day individuals who are here because they were granted admittance in some sort of process that was reasonable to them. Now, some people who have the means or a bribe or a connection, whatever, they're going to get in quicker, and that's not necessarily fair, but that's the way the world is, unfortunately. <clears throat> we can't throw everybody out, can't throw the babies out with the bathwater. I think that America, part of our, our, what I signed up to serve for in the Marine Corps and what I still stand for, is to do right to do right by people we're all human beings and our population is growing you know we've got what 7 billion people on this earth that's going to be 13 billion or something by 2030 or something like that a lot of people, it's growing as we improve our methods of health care and people have more access to technology and the more opportunity in this world, we're going to grow more. You know, more people are going to be struggling, going to be struggling to fight for less resources. Are we going to solve some of these problems? You know, we've got climate change. It's related, my friends. If you live on some island nation like the Maldives, Maldives, whatever the fuck they are, or wherever some country where, you know, you don't have protection, you're constantly get hit by hurricanes and flooding and all this stuff, and your entire world turns to shit because of storms and, and bad um, implications of climate change, well, you're going to want to get the fuck out of there, and you're going to want to go to safety, so you're going to come here, you know, so there's a lot of things that are going to, that, that, that uh, play a role in this issue of immigration. Again, I don't have it solved. There's probably some things. Some people that may know more might sound like a bit of a dope. But I'm just saying, I've been there. I've seen some people, some of these people that want to gain entrance. 90% of them are upstanding, good individuals that just want a better life. Or given the opportunity, they would contribute significantly to society. They're willing to, to, um, to do their part. I saw that in those Cuban Balseros. Good people, and uh, so my heart goes out to folks who are, who are trying to improve their lot in life. Of course, I have my family to provide for. If you want to get selfish about it, sure. I, I I'm not. I don't want crazy competition. I don't want more people coming in here taking American jobs and sucking up our health care, which already sucks, and and the resources that we already. You know we should have. <coughs> me. We should have it all tied up. Nobody you know I mean? <coughs> in this country <coughs> should have a a damn thing to complain about. But sometimes it seems like resources are scarce and shit, man. Do we got enough to spread around? Can we help them without hurting ourselves? <coughs> Is the question, and and I, I think that. When it really, when the rubber hits the road, you have to met, balance that compassion, letting people in, and being hopeful that they're going to um, contribute to our society and play a role in it. And You also have to be really, you know, really scrutinize who the hell you're letting in here, because we have a finite quantity of resources, and not everybody deserves to be here. How do you decide that? There's got some criteria that exist currently. There's going to be more. But you don't solve the problem by shutting everybody out. And, you know, regarding anybody, or these people in this caravan as invaders. Yeah, it's just crazy. It's a tough, tough situation. But that's my perspective. 1995, Guantanamo Bay, Cuba seen some immigration firsthand. And I'm proud if some of those people, or the majority of them, have been processed in. I can tell you right now, they're living very productive, happy lives. And I wish them luck.